On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Model Y 2.0 with the 4680 battery cells and structural battery pack seems to be imminently approaching customer deliveries. Plus, the long wait time for the new Model X is explained, China vies for the next Gigafactory, and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here with you for Ride the Lightning, episode 342 for February 20th, 2022. And if you'll humor me for a minute, I wanted to start the show on a non-Tesla note, but it is an electric vehicle note. You may very well have heard the news this week that the DeLorean, my former car, my dream car as a kid, the car made famous, of course, by the Back to the Future film trilogy, is being brought back as a new design, as an electric vehicle. Uh, If you haven't seen the teaser yet, you can go to DeLorean.com. That's D-E-L-O-R-E-A-N, DeLorean.com. And I'll tell you, you know, looking at it, if you're a Tesla fan, there's a couple things that might jump out at you. Number one, the new font treatment on their DeLorean logo has an E that looks a lot like Tesla's three horizontal bars E and the front design, the design line on the front of the car, the mustache, if you will, that's teased, looks a heck of a lot like the Model S's mustache. Now, I know it's meant to invoke a gullwing appearance, but it kind of goes across and then dips down in the middle of the car into these you know, two intersecting points. Now, I'm not saying at all, at all, that Tesla is involved because if if you think about it, it wouldn't, as much as a dream come true, that would be for me and the ultimate colliding of worlds for me, but it wouldn't really make sense for Tesla to either acquire or otherwise get involved with a very tiny boutique, low volume car manufacturer like DeLorean, but it is a weird coincidence. In fact, I guess now that I think about it, that those two choices were probably made very intentionally just to try to make you think about Tesla, perhaps consciously, perhaps subconsciously, and thus associate this new DeLorean with, oh, Tesla, good electric vehicle. Okay, DeLorean, all right. But anyway, uh, this is obviously very near and dear to my interests so I'll be keeping an eye on it. If you take, again, if you do go to the DeLorean.com site and look at the teaser, they're for sure teasing Gullwing doors. Of course, you couldn't build a new DeLorean without Gullwings. And the sort of very brief, you know, mostly darkened teaser of a render image of the car, it looks like it's probably stainless steel as well. And again, like, in my opinion, you could not possibly build a new DeLorean out of uh, anything but a stainless steel body. So we'll see what happens, but very, very interesting, uh, very fun news in the electric vehicle world this week. Also, before I get started with the news proper, this is Tesla related, I promise you. The new episode of, I should say last week's episode of South Park, because that's right, the show comes out on on, uh, Sundays and I record on late Friday nights, but episode three called City People, 
of season 25 of South Park features the Model Y fairly extensively. And I won't tell you any more than that so as not to ruin the joke, but I will tell you, I was cracking up the entire episode uh, as they kept that, that running Tesla joke going. So check that out if you are interested. All right, let's get started with the proper week of Tesla news. And as usual, there was plenty of it. First up, a batch of Model Ys fresh off the production lines of Giga Texas were photographed on the back of a car carrier. So these these were spotted, photographed, and posted online by Jeff Roberts, to give him credit. You can see eight of them on the car carrier, and what's interesting about them is they are all performance model-wise, and they are all in different colors, although it's worth pointing out, none of the eight pictured on this car carrier are deep crimson, which is the new paint color that we've been teased about so far out of Giga Berlin. So we don't know if Texas will offer that. I would guess that Texas is not going to offer new paint color choices the way that Berlin might, simply because, you know, Berlin is a different market. Those cars are going to be for the European market. Tesla can do new colors just for over there. And if you remember back to what must be a few months ago by now, there were, uh, you know, we, we've had the deep crimson. It's not even a teaser. I mean, they showed deep crimson at the Giga Berlin open house that they did uh, late last year. But then there were, it's found in the source code of the Tesla app, there were two other colors, a, a blue and a silver as well. They're, they're you know, different than the existing blue and silver. So we'll see what Berlin gets. But Texas is probably going to need to, to maintain uh, parity with Fremont. I mean, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't make sense if you could order a Model Y that's only available in the middle of the country and eastward in a different color than, than people out west can order it from Fremont. But in any case, uh, a batch of performance Model Ys coming out of Texas, and they are 4680 cars. Now, this tells us, number one, as if there was any doubt, which there wasn't, but that Texas will be building all versions of the Model Y. We've previously seen drone spy shots of pre-production Model Ys from Texas that are clearly long-range models, due to their 19-inch Gemini wheels. In fact, after Jeff Roberts posted his photo of the uh, car carrier loaded with Texas performance-wise, he uh, or somebody posted a picture of a whole bunch of Model Ys under car covers parked outside of the Giga Texas facility. So things are moving along, uh, and they will certainly be building long-range and performance out of Texas, kind of, you know, there were some reasonable fan theories that, well, maybe Texas would just start with performance models as they ramp up production, but I think that's, well, that's clearly not going to be the case, and I guess if you kind of think about it more, it makes sense because the, you know, the, the divide has been made a geographic one. As I said, you know, Texas, as you know, is meant to supply the eastern half of the United States with Model Y. So uh, it, it, you know, they've got to build all variants of it. But second, now this, this also tells us that customer deliveries from Texas are either going to start very quietly happening right away, like imminently, or at the very least, 
they're getting really close. These aren't necessarily customer cars, although they were all wrapped up for transport, you know, with the tape over the bumpers and the door handles and all that stuff that they do for regular customer deliveries. They're not necessarily customer cars, but given that they're performance models, it does seem unlikely that these are crash test cars because I would think it's highly likely that the government, while they certainly will be crash testing the Model Y, again, the 2.0, as I've been calling it, given that it's it's built very differently. You know, you've got the single piece front and rear castings, the structural battery pack with the new 4680 cells that the seats bolt right onto. But uh, they, these cars, it might be that their final validation cars being sent back to California for Tesla's engineers to comb through and or do some sort of final testing on. But again, it is also possible that they are customer cars. That, that possibility does exist. But regardless, this is such a great sign and we should be no more, I would think, now than about one month out from the first of you people listening to this right now, the Ride the Lightning audience, there will be people listening now that will get their Model Y 2.0 in about a month from now. Uh, though, one more time, I want to say, since I see this pop up in every thread on this topic, I would be willing to bet a steak dinner or a, a meal of your choice, put it that way, if you don't eat steak, that the, uh, that the Model Y 2.0 is going to have the same range and performance specifications as the existing 2170-based version. And that's because there's just no way that Tesla is going to make a meaningfully better Model Y for half the country and not the other. Because we know, of course, Fremont is still on the 2170s, for the time being until they can find time to switch the production lines over, which will be uh, difficult to do given the high demand and high production volume of the Model Y. It would just, it would be silly to do, to, to have the Texas cars be plussed up in either the range and or performance uh, variants because it would just be detrimental to the demand in California for the Fremont built cars which, you know, California is tex uh, Tesla's biggest U.S. market, the, the number one state that, uh, as far as Tesla purchases. Plus, we know that Tesla is trying to make as many cars as possible, specifically as many Model Ys as they possibly can. And I'm referring to, by the way, both. The, they're, they're trying to make as many cars and as many 4680 cells as they possibly can. So it stands to reason that Tesla is going to put as few cells into each 4680 Model Y as they need to. Tesla will obviously prefer to make, and just a, again, total rough hypothetical here. I don't know what the actual math is, but they're going to want to make, say, five Model Y 2.0s that have the same range as a Model Y 1.0 versus four Model Y 2.0s that have longer range and more battery cells in them. So that's that's just uh, what makes so much sense to me. But I will certainly be keeping a close eye on this, and we are almost there. And by there, I mean, in the big picture of things, the next decade of Tesla. I talked about this after Battery Day what, about a year and a half ago, but the 4680 cells represent, in my opinion, the next 
decade of Tesla. Just as the skateboard design that all of our cars now are on, that was, that was the first decade of Tesla. The 4680 and structural battery pack, that is the next decade of the, the underpinnings of Tesla vehicles, the next generation. So great stuff happening in Texas. Next this week, you may have noticed, whether you've poked around the website or you've actually ordered one yourself, the new Model X has by far the worst wait time. And by worst, of course, I mean longest. The longest wait time out of any of the four Tesla vehicles. Now, all four Teslas are in demand, but the wait for the Model X makes the wait for any of the other three look tame by comparison. As of this week, when I wrote up my notes for the podcast, if you order a long-range Model X, your estimated delivery time, at least showing for me here in California where they're made, thus the wait might be even longer in other areas to factor in transport, the wait time on a long-range X from this week, if you order now, is 11 months. It is showing January of 2023 and an 8-month wait, October 2022, for the Plaid Model X. That is pretty crazy, especially, by the way, considering that the X, as you remember, was off the market for almost exactly a year prior to this. And thus, the X is uh, a rare beast these days. Well, Elon Musk has taken to Twitter to comment on this delay, these long waits. Now, he, he uh, to his credit, I thought he took ownership of this slow ramp up of Model X production, saying, quote, we dropped the ball badly regarding the new Model X production ramp and still haven't fully recovered. It was idiotic to stop production of the old X in December of 2020 when there was still plenty of demand. And then he added in a follow-up tweet, quote, Model X is an extremely difficult car to build, the most complex passenger car ever. The limiting factor is interior trim. Now, first of all, I do want to say that I appreciate his honesty there. There are people in the community that, I mean, you know, Elon is a guy who, he, uh, he elicits a lot of feelings and responses from people, and not everybody out there thinks that Elon is honest. And the reason for that is because he often says things that don't end up coming true with regard to the products. But I do think he is an honest person. I, I think the thing with him is he's an, I, I, this is nothing I've not said before, but I think he's an idealist and I think he's an eternal optimist. And when he says things that don't end up coming to pass, I do believe he is being genuine at the moment he, that he's giving the answer. I don't think that he ever knowingly is misleading anybody. But anyway, all of that is to say that most big company CEOs, particularly companies as large as Tesla, most C CEOs in that position would never just give a straight answer like that. They'd never say, oh, it's the, we, we totally screwed this up and uh, the interior trim is holding us up. In my day job, just to give a little anecdote here, my day job covering video games at IGN, 
I have to tell you, I've been doing it for almost 20 years. My my 20-year career anniversary is later this year. So uh, I've been at this a while. I'm pretty used to corporate speak. And if Elon Musk were your average media-trained executive, and, and when I say media-trained, I mean where someone on, in the communications department has literally had a meeting with him and told him what to say when asked certain questions. Almost every company does this, as you've probably noticed, either consciously or not, you've probably noticed this. But anyway, if Elon was your average media-trained executive, I can pretty much tell you, having heard so many of these over the years, what his response to the question, which by the way was from Sawyer Merritt, who had said, here's a criticism. The refreshed Model X rollout has been horrible and the lack of communication to customers who have been waiting for a year or more for their car and keep receiving delays is disappointing. I know the global supply chain is messed up, but some communication would be nice. And that's what Elon was responding to. But the corporate speak response to that would have either been A, no response at all. That's probably actually the most likely scenario. Or B, if there had been a response, it would have been something like this. Let me let me just crack my knuckles here and just take a shot at this, having been on the receiving end of corporate speak for 20 years. <laughs> and I guess not just in my career. We're all we're all subject to the corporate speak, but it probably here's here's my attempt at the corporate speak answer. And it would have been the new Model X is seeing unprecedented demand in its eighth year as the leading all-electric SUV on the market thanks to its industry-leading range, seating capacity, and safety features, including the revolutionary autopilot driver assistance system. We are working as hard as we can to fulfill Model X orders as quickly as possible. How'd I do? Did that sound like something that you would hear from another company. But anyway, uh, circling back to, to Elon's original response here, though, the interior trim bit is kind of surprising to me only because the interior trim in the new X is largely the same as it is in the new Model S. I mean, if you look at the door panels, the front door panels, they're pretty much the same, I believe. Which leads me to wonder... Is Tesla prioritizing the Model S? I can't imagine that given that they've got a lot of increasingly frustrated customers uh, of the X. And so I can't imagine they'd be wanting to, you know, keep angering those people. But uh, is there a different component, a different interior trim component that's not shared with the S? I mean, and before you write in, yes, I know the Falcon wing door panel trim would certainly be unique to the Model X. So perhaps it's that. But nevertheless, I, it, it, we got a good and uh, a, a, we got a pretty direct answer here, I thought. It's maybe not what people want to hear. You know, it's, it's nice that he takes ownership, but people want to hear that the X's are coming and that this problem has been solved. And sadly, you know, Elon just said they still haven't fully recovered. But, you know, I've seen a lot of frustration out there from my friend Kim from like Tesla was posting her frustration on her family's new Model X being pushed back for the, she, according to her, the fifth time the delivery estimate has been pushed back and it's been pushed back now to July. And then uh, I know Victoria, a Patreon backer and Ride the Lightning listener was talking about it. She attended our last 
monthly Patreon Zoom hangout. She's waiting for her Plaid Model X as well. So I, I empathize I, with, the, with their frustration and I hope the wait's not gonna be too much longer for all of you out there who are trying to get your hands on the new Model X. Next up this week, NHTSA, AKA the National Highway Traffic and Safety Association here in the United States, is unhappy with Tesla once again, and it's led to another recall. Could you hear the air quotes that I was placing around the word recall there? Because it is actually a software update to remove a feature. Now, just last week, I talked about the rolling stop feature being patched out of the FSD beta. Now, NHTSA has deemed the boombox. For those of you with newer Teslas equipped with the pedestrian warning speaker to be a safety hazard. I saw this story on electric-vehicles.com. It comes via Reuters, who says Tesla is adjusting 578,607 vehicles in the United States because pedestrians may be unaware of an approaching vehicle if warning risk sounds are obscured, U.S. regulators said. NHTSA said the vehicles fail to comply with a federal motor vehicle safety standard on minimum sound requirements for electric vehicles. Under increasing scrutiny from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Tesla has issued 10 U.S. recalls over the last four months. The issue was seen on some 2020 to 2022 Model S, X, Model Y, and uh, Model 3 vehicles because the boombox function allows sounds to be played through an external speaker while the vehicle is in motion. So you heard it there, 10 recalls, and again, I'll use recalls and air quotes, in the last four months. Now, I'm not saying that there's a targeted attack going on against Tesla, but even though that uh, Missy Cummings that I told you about a few weeks ago was supposed to recuse herself from any matter at NHTSA, you almost have to wonder if there's some kind of influence from her being had on the agency here. I mean, it's like if a new kid in school suddenly starts targeting you a lot in dodgeball, whereas previous to the new kid's arrival, nobody, none of the other kids seem to make any point to bother you at some point, you have to wonder if the new kid doesn't like you. I mean, Elon Musk even commented on this saying, quote, the fun police made us do it, parentheses, sigh. Meaning, and by made us do it, he means remove, uh, you know, disable the boombox feature. So, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong here. In the grand scheme of things, in my opinion, this is not a big deal. And there are plenty of other fun things about Teslas. This is far from the only fun thing. But a sound is a sound, right? As long as it meets that minimum volume that that I completely understand. I mean, you're, you need you need that out there. I, I, I don't disagree with the regulation that you need a, a minimum sound in order to assist with... Uh, with uh, vision-impaired pedestrians. I don't disagree with that in the slightest, but if the sound is loud enough, which you would think the car can regulate no matter what custom sound the driver, the the owner of the Tesla might put on there, uh, 
I would think you're gonna be okay, but I also, I mean, I don't pretend to be an expert in accessibility, so I don't, I don't wanna sound like I, I, you know, that I am. So I would make it clear there, but uh, I, I do understand there have to be standards for these things. But it is, it's also true that different cars on the market make different sounds. You know, they don't all have to make the same sound at low speeds in forward or reverse. So clearly there is, the government is allowing room for some, I mean, let's call it artistic interpretation on the pedestrian warning speaker sound. That's all I'm saying. So so where's the line? I mean, why are these custom sounds not, you know, making the grade, whereas, you know, the regular Tesla sound or the Nissan Leaf sound or the uh, Audi e-tron sound. You know, if you, I, I'm, I live here in the San Francisco Bay Area and we're fortunate there are quite a few electric vehicles here. And I've gotten to the point where I can tell what car it is, what electric car it is by that sound. Like, so it's, uh, I, I just wonder you know, maybe there's there's room to reinstate the boombox at some point if Tesla can show that it meets some kind of standard, whether it's a minimum volume standard or what have you. Next up this week, in more uh, regulatory news, I suppose, California is suing Tesla, saying the company has permitted racial discrimination at its factory. This is an extraordinary series story, and any you know, usual, uh, you know, I, this is, this is very serious. And I, I, I want to bring this up. Uh, you know, I, I'm not here to sweep serious things under the, under the, uh, the rug because, you know, I do want this podcast to be fun and to be enthusiastic, but, uh, this is definitely something that, that merits uh, passing along to you and commenting on. Now, the story comes via the New York times who writes, A California state agency is suing Tesla, accusing it of allowing racial discrimination and harassment to flourish at its San Francisco Bay Area factory in a lawsuit that was made public this week. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing said hundreds of Tesla workers had reported being subjected, subjected, pardon me, to racist graffiti and widespread use of racial slurs, including from supervisors. They also accused the company of discriminatory practices. The agency said black employees were assigned more physically arduous work and denied transfers and promotions more often than other workers. Quote, after receiving hundreds of complaints from workers, DFEH found evidence that Tesla's Fremont factory is a racially segregated workplace where black workers are subjected to racial slurs and discriminate against in job assignments, discipline, pay and promotion, creating a hostile work environment, said Kevin Kish, the department's director, in a statement, which continues, quote, the facts of this case speak for themselves. Now, in a statement posted online, subsequent, uh, excuse me, before the lawsuit was filed, in fact, the day before it was filed, Tesla said it, quote, strongly opposes all, I'm still reading from the New York Times, by the way, I'll get to my comments in a second, but Tesla said it strongly opposes all forms of discrimination and harassment. The company denounced the lawsuit, arguing that the state agency had investigated dozens of previous claims in recent years 
and found no misconduct. Quote, it therefore strains credibility for the agency to now allege, after a three-year investigation, that systematic racial discrimination and harassment somehow existed at Tesla, the company said. A narrative spun by the DFEH and a handful of plaintiff firms to generate publicity is not factual proof, end quote. Now, uh, so Tesla did not respond to a request for comment. Tesla said its Fremont factory had a, quote, majority minority workforce and described the lawsuit as counterproductive, quote, at a time when manufacturing jobs are leaving California. The company moved its headquarters to Texas last year and opened a new facility in the Austin area. Tesla also said the California agency had declined its requests for information on the accusations. The company plans to ask the court to, quote, pause the case and take other steps to ensure that facts and evidence will be heard, it added. Now, before I give any comments, I want to read you a bit of Tesla's response which it posted, you know, you heard a little bit, just a a tad of it there in the New York Times piece. But Tesla posted a blog on its website titled The DFEH's Misguided Lawsuit. And here's a part of it. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, DFEH, intends to file a lawsuit against Tesla alleging systematic racial discrimination and harassment. This follows a three-year investigation during which the DFEH, whose mission is supposedly to protect workers, has never once raised any concern about current workplace practices at Tesla. Rather, the lawsuit appears focused on alleged misconduct by production associates at the Fremont factory that took place between 2015 and 2019. Tesla strongly opposes all forms of discrimination and harassment, and has a dedicated employee relations team that responds to, responds to and investigates all complaints. We also have a diversity, equity, and inclusion team whose work is shown in this public report. Tesla has always disciplined and terminated employees who engage in misconduct, including those who use racial slurs or harass others in different ways. We recently rolled out an additional training program that reinforces Tesla's requirement that all employees must treat each other with respect and reminds employees about the numerous ways they can report concerns, including anonymously. Above all, Tesla continues to seek to provide a workplace that is safe, respectful, fair, and inclusive, all of which are vital to achieving our mission. Over the past five years, the DFEH has been asked on almost 50 occasions by individuals who believe they were discriminated against or harassed to investigate Tesla. On every single occasion, when the DFEH closed an investigation, it did not find misconduct against Tesla. It therefore strains credibility, as you heard in the New York Times bit, it therefore strains credibility for the agency to now allege after a three-year investigation that systematic racial discrimination and harassment somehow existed at Tesla. A narrative spun by the DFEH and a handful of plaintiff firms to generate publicity is not factual proof. Well, I want to say that I don't really have much to say about this right now. That said, as I said before at the top, this is much too big and far too important to ignore. As I said, it's I, I want nothing more than to have fun on this podcast 
and I want to celebrate these cars and this company that I'm so enthusiastic about. But this cannot be avoided. It cannot be uh, dismissed, nor should it be. So I've given you the DFEH's side via that New York Times piece, and I've given you Tesla's side via a summary of Tesla's initial rebuttal, but uh, I feel like we need to see how this plays out in the court system. Now, obviously, I hope that these allegations aren't true, not just as a Tesla fan, but more, much more importantly, for the people that work at Tesla as human beings. I don't want this to be true. And, you know, while you can't account for all, what, I think 10,000 or so employees in Fremont, the fact of the matter is workplace cultures matter. From Elon Musk all the way down to a part-time temporary worker, everyone, that workplace culture matters from top to bottom. And systemic equality at a company also matters. Racism has no place in our society. Nobody should be subjected to it, regardless of their job, regardless of their workplace environment, regardless of their socioeconomic status, or anything else. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that every apple at a company as large as Tesla is a good apple. Math suggests otherwise. But the system and the culture that are built and laid out by Tesla management must be strong enough to weed out and terminate the employment of literally anyone, again, literally from top to bottom, anyone, regardless of their standing in the company, who engages in any sort of racist or discriminatory behavior. So we will see what happens in this case. I hope Tesla is right. I hope this is not a, 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 a you know, valid, I don't know if valid's the right word, but I hope this is not a, as serious, I hope this is not as, uh, I hope this is not what the DFEH portrays it as. That's, I hope the truth is, is closer to what Tesla's saying than the closer to, than, than what the DFEH is saying. So uh, that is a very serious thing in the world of Tesla this week. And I just hope you take a moment to reflect on it and we'll keep an eye on this. And I wish the best to every employee at Tesla and I hope I hope everyone there is valued and respected as a human being. Uh, I've got a couple more things for you this week. The next item is the uh, Liaoning province. And I apologize sincerely if I'm mispronouncing that. In China has hinted that Tesla was searching for a second gigafactory facility in China. One of the potential locations is the district of Shenyang. This story comes reported via Tesla Rati, who writes, Liaoning province released an announcement on its official WeChat account. It published an article with the title roughly translating to Five Grasps of Dadong District of Shenyang City striving to be the pioneer in revitalization development. The article lists, obviously that's a translation, so. uh, The article lists five goals Liaoning province wants to achieve and depicts the next steps to make it happen. The fifth goal in the article mentions Tesla specifically. 
It states, several areas Liaoning province plans to grow and improve, such as the renewal and reconstruction of the Wangquan area of East Middle Street and the construction of cultural industry parks. The last goal also mentions opening up spaces for industrial development and the intention to, quote, lay the foundation for the implementation of major new energy vehicle projects such as Tesla, end quote. Some local Chinese news outlets believe Tesla's deal with Liaoning province is not set in stone yet, but local governments are already competing for Tesla's next factory in China. The article does reveal that Tesla is actively working on a on locating a spot for another facility in China. So thank you, Tesla Roddy, for that summary there. Well, this was one of my 2022 Tesla predictions back at New Year's. Specifically, that China was going to get the next Gigafactory. And we did recently hear Elon say that the next announcement, now just announcement, not construction, uh, for the next Gigafactory would happen later this year. But to me, China just makes too much sense because Elon and Tesla seem to have a great relationship with the country. Giga Shanghai has exceeded every goal and expectation laid out for it. China is an absolutely massive market period and a massive EV market that is actually buying EVs. You know, America is, and Europe are getting into it, but China arguably is, uh, has, has been uh, more widely adopting EVs thus far. And it, which kind of on the tail end of that, Tesla has been successful there. And if the so-called $25,000 car is going to happen, we already know that it's supposed to be designed in, designed for, and manufactured in China before it goes global after that. And the volume of that car, or the volume that it's supposed to be made at, which is the highest volume of any Tesla, would necessitate it having its own facility, most likely. So we'll see what this uh, what happens with this later on in the year. Maybe I think you know it's possible we might hear about it in another earnings call or two. Should Elon show up at uh, at subsequent earnings calls? Because we know he's a little more loose lipped with regard to the the uh, investor questions. Where if it gets upvoted, he'll just he'll just straight up answer it. Uh, one more story this week. U.S. highway safety regulators. Don't worry, this is a good news thing. This is not picking on Tesla. <laughs> this is not the government going after Tesla again. U.S. highway safety regulators are about to allow new high-tech headlights that can automatically tailor beams so they focus on dark areas of the road and don't create glare for oncoming drivers. I want to say thank you to my friend Trevor Page from Tesla Owners Online for giving me the heads up on this story, which comes from the Associated Press, who writes, The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says it issued a final rule allowing what's called adaptive driving beam headlights on new vehicles. It will go into effect when published in the Federal Register in the next few days. So basically by the time you hear this. The headlights commonly used in Europe have LED lamps that can focus beams on darkness, such as the driver's lane and areas along the roadside. They also lower the intensity of the light beams if there's oncoming traffic. 
Camera sensors and computers help determine where the light should go. Quote, this final rule will improve safety for pedestrians and bicyclists by making them more visible at night and will help prevent crashes by better illuminating animals and objects in and along the road, the agency said in a news release this past week. Good news as well. Tesla is standing by, ready to act on this. As Drive Tesla Canada correctly notes, existing Tesla vehicles with the latest Matrix LED headlights will likely also see the feature activated through a free over-the-air software update, which we expect, now that's just their professional estimation, but I, I'm with them on this, could, it could happen as soon as next month. So uh, I believe the Matrix headlights are going, they're already on the newer performance Model 3s and performance Model Ys. I admit I'm not sure if they're on the new S and new X. I would presume so, but I'm not as uh, sure about that as I am the Performance 3 and Performance Y. So cool stuff there. Glad to see the U.S. government signing off on better, more advanced headlight technology that should also be safer for everyone involved as well. Oh, real quick, finally this week, one last thing. Elon Musk has set a date for Giga Texas's grand opening. I was talking about this earlier in the podcast, the Giga Texas anyway, and the production there. But the date is set for Friday, April 1st. Yes, April Fool's Day. Some people are wondering, well, wait, is he serious? I'm pretty sure he's serious. Elon says invites will be sent out. Uh, If Tesla tradition holds, those invites will go out fairly last minute. So we'll see about that. But You know, my reaction to this wasn't sort of disbelief at the April Fool's aspect of it. It was that I'm kind of surprised that knowing Elon's sense of humor, I'm surprised it wasn't set for 420, April 20th. But in any case, uh, I guess going back to the story that I started the podcast with on the Tesla front, we know that the Texas Model Y will certainly be delivering by April 1st, if not sooner, because that's when the grand opening is. So good stuff there. Stay tuned for a Giga Texas grand opening party. That's everything I've got for you in the busy week of Tesla news, but stick with me. I've got some of your excellent Ride the Lightning Hotline phone calls queued up and ready to go right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Time for your calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I welcome and encourage you to call in with it. There are two easy ways you can do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, just record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, and then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can just call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline and leave a message. It's a toll-free number, which is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's one 888 989 
T-S-L-A. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Kicking it off this week with Joaquin from Columbia, South Carolina. Hey, this is Joaquin. I'm calling from uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Look, really cool thing, and I just want to see if anyone else is with me on this. So the Cybertruck, awesome truck. It's going to be one of the most insane products ever to be created, I think. It's going to hit you right in the, the good old heart tugs, in my opinion. But I come from a Jeep background, right? I do drive, I drive a performance model Y right now, but I want to get back to that outdoors lifestyle, right, where I throw my doors off, top down, I feel the, the wind in my hair. Now, yes, we know what Tesla's not going to do, like a top-off kind of thing, but they could easily create a hinge on the Cybertruck that allows you to remove the Cybertruck or the Cybertruck's doors. I think that would be so cool. Like, same Cybertruck, same, nothing changes, but just change the hinge out so it has removable doors just like a Jeep. And I think you could tap into a completely different segment. For those of you who do off-roading, stuff like that, we know how amazing that is. So just a thought. Back to you. Thanks. Joaquin throwing it back to me, making it feel like a real radio show. I like that. Thank you for calling in, Joaquin. I love your enthusiasm for off-roading. And I know a lot of people share it. And I do agree that the Cybertruck is a great candidate for it, since we know it can absorb a lot of punishment. And the top-end version will have four motors, one at each wheel, to help get it out of any rock-climbing jams it might find its way into. I also agree that removing the Cybertruck doors would be super cool. However, I speak as a former DeLorean owner here, there's one problem that I think might be a limiting factor. Obviously, only Tesla knows for sure, but the doors are likely to be pretty heavy. So according to my quick Google search, the Jeep front doors are about 70 pounds each. For semi-relevant context, the DeLorean's stainless steel going doors, which are... I mean, not easily removable. Sure, you could take them off, but the, the, the DeLorean skull wings are about 80 pounds each. And again, I mentioned the DeLorean because they're stainless steel. Those are those 80 pounds worth of stainless gull wing. The difference is the Cybertruck's a much larger vehicle. It's not a little sports car. And we don't know how thick the stainless will be. The DeLorean, the, the stainless on the... The panels are actually pretty thin. Now, uh, it just remains to be seen, really, what what the, the doors are going to weigh. So they might end up being cumbersome to try and deal with if they were removable. I feel like that might be an issue. But I love your spirit, and I hope that maybe Tesla surprises us all and has a good solution for you on this. Next up this week, Jeannie from Texas. Hey, Ryan, this is Jeannie from Texas, and I was calling in response to your seatbelt issue, um, kind of a pro tip, and also some information about the seatbelt issue if anybody else has it. So I have a 2020 Model 3, have had the 
seatbelt issue you've had three times. Um, the third time they did replace the seat. And at that point, I did say to them, I'm a little bit concerned because I'm approaching um, my my mileage. I, I do a lot of driving. And they said, don't worry about it. Your repair is covered for one year, um, even if you go over your regular you know, bumper to bumper warranty. So when you get that fixed, it will be covered for a year and each subsequent time you're getting it fixed, it's covered for another year. So hopefully that helps you and anyone else having the seatbelt issue. So take care. Thanks for all you do. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for sharing that, Jeannie. That actually does make me feel better. Unfortunately, a lot of the folks that, I'd, that I've heard from, yourself included, have said that their issue reoccurred. So I'm glad that I will have a year from when it gets addressed by mobile service, which by the way is coming up this week. They're coming out uh, to the house, which is nice. Hopefully your call also provides some peace of mind for others out there too who might experience this. Take care, Jeannie. Thanks again. Next up is T. Kirk Lowry from Charlotte with an interesting anecdote. Hey, Ryan, T. Kirk Lowry here from Charlotte, North Carolina, a longtime listener, first-time caller. I had um, an unfortunate run-in with um, um, the service center here in Charlotte uh, regarding my roof rack that I purchased for my Model Y back in December of 2020. That's when I... Uh, took delivery of the car and bought the roof rack immediately thereafter. And I was surprised to see that Tesla owners are to install it themselves. And I was nervous about that, but uh, watched YouTube videos and, 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 and gave it a shot. I did not know that I could have gone to the service center and paid them to install it for me. I probably should have done that. But what I did not have is a torque wrench, a wrench that tells you how many um, how, how much torque in terms of force you're tightening down the bolts with the roof rack. And so I aired what I thought was on slightly looser than uh, what I guessed the torque was. And I had the roof rack for nine months and hadn't put anything up there and carried anything yet. But I was planning to, in my travels this summer, I came out of a car wash um, and immediate splinter cracks, sort of like crow's feet cracks right where the glass meets the um, roof rack uh, appeared on both sides simultaneously. And uh, those cracks grew as the days went on um, to go all across the glass roof. And I took it to the service center and uh, I told them that I installed it myself and that, um, you know, I didn't have a torque wrench, but I, I did my very best. And uh, they immediately with no emotion said that is improper installation. We can fix your glass for $1,665. So I've got a new roof on. I don't, I'm not gonna reinstall the roof rack. I was so disappointed by that. Um, I just think it's wrong to have uh, car owners install these things themselves and have to have a torque wrench. And who knows, with that rack making direct contact with the glass, I just think it's a terrible design. Um, and um, I, I got burned on that one. And 
you know, there was no sympathy for me whatsoever at Tesla. So that was frustrating. I do love the car, love the podcast, and thank you very much. Boy, I am very sorry to hear this. That would deflate me as well. It, it absolutely would, I promise you. I absolutely agree that Tesla should make it clearer that a torque wrench is a vital part of the equation right on the store page before you even uh, order it and even offer a second option right on that page to purchase service center installation so that it's warrantied. Uh, I went ahead and checked after listening to your call and in part it says, the ultra sleek attachment mechanism makes for easy installation at home while blending in seamlessly. So clearly easy installation might install, uh, you know, instill a, a little bit of a false sense of security in buyers when the fact is getting it wrong can cost you, as we just heard, $1,665. So here's hoping Tesla takes that constructive bit of feedback to better inform future buyers. Thank you so much for sharing that. Next is, uh, actually, the next couple callers are from London. Here's Luther from London. Hey, Ryan, this is Luther from London in the UK. Uh, I've been a listener since around episode 35. And man, I just have to thank you for the consistency and top quality content you're delivering every single week. So helpful. And I've sent many friends your way. Um, living in central London, there's, there's no real point in earn, uh, owning a car. There's nowhere to really park them. Um, and then the public transport system with the tube, the underground here is so great and well connected. Um, you never really need a car in, until those days where you do. And so what I've been doing is renting cars for the short trips um, wherever I need them. Now, in London, I guess it's kind of different. We don't go to like a Hertz center or something like that. Instead, there are many companies who operate fleets of rental cars through the city, but they park them uh, on the streets or in public car parks. And you book it like a uh, reverse Uber. So you use an app, you book your car, and then you go to the car, unlock it with your phone and pick up the keys and then, then drive away. Now, the problem is um, each car is, is kind of different. So I could end up with a manual stick shift car. Um, I could end up with an EV. I could end up with a hybrid or an automatic car or a petrol or diesel. You name it. I've had everything. Um, the issue there, though, is because they're parked on streets and close to sort of busy roads, I've got about 30 seconds to figure out the bite point on the clutch, um, to work out the switches, the lights, um, get it all kind of ready before I'm in some mainstream traffic, hitting a junction or on some kind of, you know, complex roundabout traffic lights, etc. My concern is as Teslas start to become more popular within those fleets, um, getting into a Tesla for the first time and having about 30 seconds before I hit some traffic um, concerns me in that I don't really know what I'm doing when I get in. So, uh, and I fear that, you know, the learning curve there is going to be a far sharper, far steeper than it would be getting in, you know, a regular car that I've been using. So any tips that you've got for someone who's never been in a Tesla car in how to kind of skill up before getting into a car and understanding what I need to do without access to a Tesla uh, before I get in one for the first time. Anyway, any help you've got would be marvelous. Thank you so much. Luther, I appreciate your call and thank you for sticking with me all these years. Seriously, uh, I confess I'm a bit confused by one aspect of your call. I'm not sure why you'd only have about 30 seconds to get acquainted with the car before you're in traffic. I mean, are you not able to sit there for as long as you like once you've unlocked it through the rental services app? I mean, I realize I want to stop and say 
This is probably my own ignorance talking, like I'm sure there's a very good reason for that. So I'll just move along to giving you a more constructive answer to your question, which is if you go to Tesla's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Tesla, scroll down a bit and you will see a playlist of videos labeled Model 3 Guide. They also have them for the S and for the X, although weirdly, I didn't see one for the Y, although the Model 3 Guide should cover about 95% of what you'd find in a Y anyway. So there are short videos there on topics like the Frunk, like Auto Park, Autopilot, etc. So hopefully you find that helpful. Thanks for calling in. Again, we're staying in London here with our final caller. It's Phil from London who has a tip a request and a question. Go ahead, Phil. Hi, Ryan. It's Phil here from London. Uh, I've got a few little uh, things for you. Thank you very much for all you do for your tester community. I've got a tip and a request and a question. Uh, my tip, I don't know whether this is a pro tip, is on the new user interface. If you put your put your finger on the temperature um, number and slide it back left, left and right, or you put it on the left and right arrows, a little pop-up menu opens that can allow you to uh, put the seat heaters on or the window heaters. And my request is, uh, could I please ask for those of us in right-hand drive areas, uh, when you're talking about um, things in the car, particularly on the interface, rather than talking about left and right, maybe you could talk about driver's side and passenger side, because uh, if you talk about right side in a right-hand drive car, it might mean it's left side in a left-hand drive car. Uh, Finally, a question. Uh, my wife and I are popping over to San Francisco at uh, the end of next month and wondered if the Fremont factory is now open for tours. I don't know if you know or know someone who might know. Anyway, thanks for all you do and uh, best wishes to Daisy. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, Phil, Daisy appreciates your well wishes. She's currently looking at me with very heavy eyelids. She is falling asleep. But anyway, I am happy to help here. First of all, thank you for that UI tip. That is a handy little shortcut for sure. Second, regarding your request for me to generalize my descriptions of the side of the car, you, my friend, are totally fair on that. That is a completely fair request. I have to remember that I am so lucky to have listeners from all around the world, including plenty of right-hand drive markets like the UK and Australia. So uh, I will try to do better about that in the future. Now, I hate to end this call with bad news, but unfortunately for your uh, third thing, as of now, Fremont tours are not happening. However, Your call came in right as California started lifting some of its COVID restrictions, including an indoor mask mandate. So I'm hoping that maybe that's going to lead to a resumption of tours. After your call came in, I went on Twitter and just tweeted at Elon Musk asking, hey, might might, uh, factory tours in Fremont resume soon? Sadly, I did not get a response, so maybe I'll get to try again at some other time. But fingers crossed that the tours resume soon because I can assure you, having been very fortunate to take uh, tours over the years, it is a sight to see in there. I mean, the the term I always use, and I'm sorry I'm saying it again whenever this comes up, but I do find it literally awe-inspiring. I think it's incredible, and I hope every Tesla owner gets a chance to see, to take the tour At some point, hopefully the tours will resume at some point sooner rather than later. 
Thank you, Phil. Thank you to everybody that took the time to call in. I will get to more calls next week, I promise. So again, if you have a Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic, you want to react to something from one of the other phone callers or from something that I said earlier in the show, feel free to dial me up. I gave you the two ways that you can call in at the top of this segment. But stick with me. I'm not quite done yet. I want to tell you about uh, my awful curb rash story in just a minute, along with the pro tip of the week. So stay tuned. I'll be right back in about, what, five seconds or so? All right, 10 seconds, not five seconds. You would think after 342 shows, I would know how long my own bumpers are, but I guess not. 10 seconds. Anyway, uh, I did a bad thing this week that just, you if you've ever done this, you've heard the sound, it is just, it just cuts to your, to your soul as a, as a car lover. I uh, came up, too close to a curb, and I really, really curb rashed hard. Like, got a huge chunk of the wheel. I knew it, of course, right away, the sound of of metal grinding against concrete. Got out of the car, took a look, and it, boy, it was bad uh, on those zero-G wheels that I am so lucky to have from the referral program a few years ago. You know, these are not wheels that you can just get. So uh, I just, I was, I was like, all right, well, what do I do? And thankfully, my friend Christy from Austin, Texas, gave me uh, a great recommendation. She used to live here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. She gave me a, a shop recommendation to, to take the car to to get the wheels done. I called them up, talked to the, who I presume was the shop owner, very nice guy, he said, you know what, just let's, um, is this your cell phone number? Yes. Send me, uh, I'm going to text you so that you have my number and then te- send me pictures of the of the damage and I'll tell you, A, if I can fix it and B, give you a quote. And he said, yep, well, I can do this. Here's what it's going to be. So I booked an appointment. It's uh, it's just for one reason or another, it's, it's actually my schedule, not his. I got two weeks that I need to wear this mark of shame on my wheel, but oh, it's just, it hurt. It just, oh man, I can't tell you. I mean, I don't know if it's any better than like someone damaging my car. Like if I came out to my car and found that someone had door dinged it or scratched it or whatever, but it, it definitely, it definitely feels bad to have, Damaged my own car, I can tell you that much. I mean, I've done this before, right? If you've been listening to me for a while, I I, uh, I did the same thing. I rubbed the car. I got too close coming into my garage, my very narrow opening garage, and I heard a... <laughs> and I got really lucky that the paint protection film absorbed all of that, that I did not damage any of the paint. This, uh, not so lucky. This is the wheel. There's no... There's no wheel protection film that would have spared me from that. Uh, So now, uh, but yeah, I've got the appointment to get it done. I'm confident in my friend Christie's recommendation. Hopefully they'll be good as new. Uh, Now it'll cost me, certainly. You know, it's not, 
it's not free to, to get that nice, you know, get that service done. So it's, you know, I cost myself, you know, you could say, well, Ryan, you could leave it. And well, I could, but I just, again, if you know me, if you've been listening for any amount of time, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I take, I'm a person that takes really good care of my stuff. I'm just wired that way. I don't know. You know, I don't have a psychological explanation for you. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing or a bad thing there that I'm any better or any worse than anybody else who does or doesn't take care of their stuff in the same way. It's just the way I'm wired. I mean, I'll tell you, it's, I wish, I kind of wish I could just let it go and be like, oh, well, and then just keep driving. But no, it's like, I got to get it fixed. So thankfully, um, I, you know, I can, it's cheaper than getting new wheels. That's that much is for sure. So that was my big pain this week. It's by the way, it's on my Instagram. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm honest with you guys all the time. I'm not trying to hide from it. I took a picture of it. I put it on my Instagram, which if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's DMC underscore Ryan. You'll see the damage there. But anyway, that was no fun. So, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm even, I'm going to wash my car tomorrow because I got the ho- I'm lucky. I got a holiday weekend. It's also really dirty at this point. It's been like three or four weeks. And I'm just gonna have to have a clean car with a with a seriously curb rashed front right wheel. But oh well, a couple weeks and then hopefully it'll be good as new. Uh, on the plus side, I did get full self driving beta 10.2.2 today, and I have not been able to test it yet. But I'm looking forward to putting it through its paces this weekend, this long weekend, and seeing how it feels differently compared to 10. which was the last version I got, which was about six weeks ago. It's been a while, and uh, and we'll see. I mean, 10.8 has been really good to me relative to the older versions. As I've talked about this before, so I won't repeat myself, but I am eager to see how 10.10 feels. Hey, real quick, I do want to give you an entertainment recommendation this week. It is The Cuphead Show on Netflix. Now, Cuphead is one of the video games available to you in your Tesla. And if you have been listening to the show for at least a few years, you know that the news of Cuphead coming to the Tesla fleet was actually broken by me in my Elon Musk interview back at episode 200. I We got on to talking about games in the car and he just threw it out there. I had no idea there was no like setup, like oh, you want to reveal? Hey Ryan, you want to reveal this? Well, you know, let's bring it up and talk about it in the interview. That's not how Elon works. It just he just said that. And Cuphead, of course, is a you know very popular Xbox game that's since come to other platforms. But the Cuphead show, it is so good. You know, it is fantastic. The animation style is very classic. I mean, I'm sure they did it with computers because that just makes it's faster to make the show that way. But it really authentically looks like an old cartoon. The comedy, the sense of humor, it's very that sort of exaggerated physical comedy, very all ages appropriate in my opinion, very sort of timeless comedy. The voice acting's great, and I really can't recommend the show enough. And and if uh, just to go a little further down the rabbit hole for a quick second on Cuphead, that game, if you know its story... That, that game was created by two brothers uh, as, as well as one of the brothers' wives. 
And I think there might have even been like a extended family member in there. But it's a very small team. Like it was something like eight people, I think, at first. Maybe it's probably a few more by now. But the whole thing, you know, it's this hand-drawn... It, it's, it literally looks... It is a playable 1930s cartoon. It is one of the most artistically beautiful games you've ever seen. And it happens to be a great game as well. And they, these were people that they were not professional game developers. They had a dream. They quit their day jobs at a bank and started a game studio and started making this game and it's turned into a big hit. And it's just, it's been an incredible story. And now their, their incredible game that they, uh, you know, they literally bet their lives on because they had their mortgage, their like double mortgage, their home to fund the game. And, uh, and now it's turning into this Netflix show and the show's great. So check it out. If you are interested in a, you know, family-friendly, really funny, really good cartoon, The Cuphead Show. Here's your pro tip of the week. It's from Chris in Chicago. Hey, Ryan. Chris from Chicago again. Just had a follow-up thought about uh, Brad from Minnesota's issue regarding listening to a podcast, goes into a store, comes back out, and it's either continuously playing or it starts back over. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been happening to me forever since, you know, for five years with different slacker things I've listened to and I come back in it's in a totally different place or it goes to the next one uh, and also with it so what I what I typically do if I know that's a scenario I'll be running into it sounds like a headache but to avoid all of that I will put the car in neutral and I'll go into the, the menu go into what is it, safety and manually apply the parking brake so what that does is it leaves the car on with the parking brake on I'll go into the store. You have to make sure you manually lock the car because you've left it on. So lock it. And then when you come back, everything is is exactly where it was when you left it. The car didn't cycle off and restart. Um, now, it used to be very convenient with pre-update, pre, uh, whatever the last update was. They used to have, they used to display the time left in a song or a podcast. So I would know exactly where I was before I left. And they've gotten rid of that. So now there's just like a status bar, which I don't appreciate but that may be a good workaround for brad until it stops being a headache <laughs> so hope that helps thanks for the show bye chris thank you that is one heck of a workaround i never would have thought about that but hey it does the job i appreciate your call and if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that you think would be handy to your fellow listeners and to myself please share it call in in the same way that you call into the regular Ride Lightning Hotline, those two easy methods that I told you about earlier in the podcast. All right, I know I'm already running a bit long this week, but let me uh, mention some friends of the podcast, starting with abstractocean.com. Don't forget that coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. That's RTLPODCAST, all one word. They've got just... Virtual aisles and aisles and aisles, Costco style, of aftermarket Tesla accessories for each car, S3, XY. Just go there, abstractocean.com. Take a look around, see what you like. A lot of great lighting kits in, inside and out. Uh, just a, a ton of great products. Do check it out. Do use that coupon code for that discount. Next up, the Snap Plate which you can get at everyamp.com slash RTL. That is your front license plate bracket that I highly recommend. 
It snaps on and off in seconds, but it goes on securely. It's not taping to the front of your car. It's not gonna mess with the paint, the grill, the radiator with autopilot functionality. It's a nice, clean, minimalist design. You can take it off for car shows or for cleaning the car, put it back on if you're just gonna be at like a parking meter or something, don't wanna get a ticket. So get yours for any of the four Teslas at everyamp.com RTL. Meanwhile, budget safe solar. If you're considering solar for your home or business, yes, of course you're gonna consider Tesla, but hey, why not also reach out to budget safe solar? Friend of the show here, their deal is simple. They're gonna take the time to understand your specific situation. They're gonna help you find the best option for you. And being independent consultants, they have plenty of solutions to help out just about everybody. They're also in all 50 states plus Puerto Rico, so odds are they're gonna be able to help you out. And hey, if you wanna get into the the uh, growing solar industry, you can inquire about that as well, but learn more and or reach out at budgetsafesolar.com and if you do proceed with solar, use the referral code RTL on that. Next up, Immaculate Reflections. Ah, yes, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections. I just uh, was talking to a listener, actually, my uh, Emmett, who was saying, I got to get out there and get my get my plaid wrapped. So hopefully uh, he'll take Jeff up on, on that. And you should too, if you're going to be in the Bay Area with your car, there is no better place you could take it to for detailing work than Immaculate Reflections. Check out the website, irdetailing.com. You can see examples of Jeff's work there. You can also see him his work on Yelp or Instagram. For Yelp, it's yelp.com slash Immaculate Reflections. On Instagram, his handle is Immaculate underscore Reflections. Whether you're doing paint correction, paint protection film, ceramic coating, two of the three, all the three, whatever you want to do, there's no better place that you could possibly do it than Immaculate Reflections. I speak from experience. In fact, when I get my wheels fixed, my <laughs> I'm going to have to get, well, not have to, but I'm going to choose to get the wheel re-ceramic coated. Yes, because it makes cleaning the wheels so much easier when they've got the same ceramic coating on them that you can put on the body. Anyway, book in with Jeff at irdetailing.com, and when you reach out, Mention that you're a listener of Ride the Lightning and there's a nice little discount waiting for you. I have used that discount myself because I too am a Ride the Lightning listener. Uh, let's see here, puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups because you want their micro SD based solution is gonna be a better long-term option for you than the just USB flash memory drive that comes with your car. So grab one at puretesla.com slash RTL, $49 for the 128 gigabyte version, and that gets shipped free anywhere in the US. If you're not in the US, you'll pay a you know reasonable shipping fee on that. They also have, if you are if you do want to play Cuphead or other th- other games in your car, they ship uh, they've got these cool you know, slim, low-profile wireless game controllers that remind me of Super Nintendo controllers that have a blue, that have a, a wireless adapter with them. So you can also get those at puretesla.com slash RTL if you're interested in that. And finally, Jada. 
Get Jada products at my referral link, if you would be so kind, which is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And if you do that, I'll give you, in return, a coupon code that'll get you a discount, and that coupon code is RTL. Whether you're purchasing the Jada USB hub console, for those of you with the newer Model 3 and Model Y that has the latest version of the center console, for those of you with the older center console and their Model 3 like me, uh, the version 4 wireless charging pad is probably the best accessory that you could buy. I mean, that's my opinion. That, I guess I should rephrase that. That's not a, that's not a, I'll say it's my favorite and I think it's the most useful thing that you could buy for your quote unquote legacy Model 3 that has the older uh, center console. Cause it just, it's, it's a way to wirelessly charge your phone or other Qi compatible devices right in your center console. It looks stock. It looks like it came from Tesla that way which I personally really appreciate. So again, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight, and Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. Finally, let me mention, if you would humor me for a moment, the Patreon. Patreon is the primary way through which you can support the podcast, if you so choose, and I hope at some point you will so choose. If you uh, find that you get a lot out of the podcast each week, that you enjoy it, that you find yourself informed and perhaps even a bit entertained as well, uh, you can you can find information on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. There are monthly pledge options there. If you want to do, you know, it starts at five bucks a month. That's the sport tier. You know, all the tiers are named after acceleration modes in the cars. And the sport tier at five bucks a month will get you early access to each week's episode. You go up to 10, the ludicrous tier, you get the early access and you get the uh, monthly bonus episode every month. And there's a few more that go up from there. So I would humbly ask that at some point, perhaps you'll consider a pledge and you will visit patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. There are also annual pledge options. If you just want to pay once for a year and just back me for one year's worth, you can do that. And in return, actually, if you do the one year, you'll get a 5% discount on that pledge. So just keep that in mind. Finally, uh, I'm not sure how you're listening to this, but a friendly reminder that you can listen slash subscribe slash follow on any of the major podcast services. They all call it a different thing, following, subscribing, whatever. On uh, the big ones, of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and then in the ones the ones in your car natively, you have TuneIn and Spotify. I'm also on YouTube. It's audio only, but if you do just want to listen on YouTube, you can find my channel just by searching Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube, and you'll find me very quickly, and you can subscribe there. You can email me if you so choose. You want to get in touch with me. Uh, my email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. My Twitter and Instagram are both the same handle, DMC underscore Ryan, if you're interested in following me on either of those social media platforms. The Twitter is mostly video game stuff with some Tesla talk thrown in. The Instagram is all Tesla pictures 
all the time. I mean, I don't update it every day the way I do Twitter. It's just, you know, there's only so much time in the day for all these things. And I kind of have to do Twitter with my job. So that, that one tends to get more attention, but I do have the Tesla-focused Instagram as well. Before I go, let me say hello and thank you to all of the wonderful upper tier Patreon backers. I will start with the Roadster in Space tier backers, the highest tier. These folks get, in addition to many perks, a one-on-one Zoom hangout with me uh, each month, should they choose to use it. And I have enjoyed so many of those conversations. I want to thank the Roadster in Space tier backers. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, and Howard Anthony Smith. Next up, the Maximum Plaid backers. We've got Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, The Galpin Family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Zachary Howard, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, John Cody, Aaron, Sonartech77, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, and evspeedy.com. And the plaid folks, thanks so much to all of you as well. George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, The Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, The Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Rick Dean, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, and the newest plaid backer, Peter. Thanks to all of you so much for your generosity. It really does. I, again, I say this with sincerity. Uh, I, I hope hearing it over and over doesn't water it down because I, I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. The support on Patreon makes a really wonderful difference in the lives of myself and my family. Uh, it's it's really that you would that anybody listening would voluntarily choose to support a free podcast. You know, it's this thing's always going to be free, but if you're, you know, for the folks that are kind enough to say, "Hey, I want to support you Ryan and what you're doing on Patreon." I really do truly sincerely appreciate it. And with that, for a passed out Daisy the Boxer, she is out cold snoozing away over there. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning episode 342. 
Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you back here same time next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.